Hello, I'm Joe Haddo, and this is our series of interviews with the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award Longlistees. Produced and curated by Harrogate International Festivals in partnership with Theakston's Old Peculiar, WH Smith, and The Express. And it's great to have you with us. Today I'm joined by an award-winning author who was born in Belfast but has lived all over the world. He's written books for young adults as well as the very popular Sean Duffy series. Here to tell us about his latest novel, The Chain, it's Adrian McKinty. Hello Adrian, welcome. Hey, how's it going? I'm really well, thank you, uh, all things That's considered. Important these times. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And um, it's lovely to uh, be chatting to you. We've, we've never met in person, I don't think, but lovely yeah. to have this conversation and to see you in your in your natural environment, it looks like there. That looks like a very writerish yeah, room. We're, well, we, uh, my natural environment would be my apartment in New York City, uh, but um, for a couple of weeks anyway, we've escaped to the countryside. We're in a cabin in the woods, about two hours north of New York, um, in the mountains, and... It's a very pleasant spring day here. Uh, It's really nice to be in the woods. It's not so nice at nighttime um, (laughs) because uh, it gets very, very dark and the trees brush right up against the windows of the cabin. So I'm a little bit paranoid because I grew up with 1970s American horror movies where (laughs) everybody would go to a cabin in the woods and then they would all get murdered. Uh, one by one. So during the day, it's fantastic. At night, um, it's a little bit more uh, intense. <laughs> I suppose the first night would have probably been the worst one when you didn't quite know what was going on. Well, uh, you know, the first night was was okay because we'd driven up and we're all kind of knackered and we went to sleep. But I mean, a couple of nights after that, I went out for just outside. Um, I think I had to look at the stars. You can't really see the stars in New York City. And I heard a large animal uh, moving through the woods. Now, it was probably a deer um, or something like that. But when you hear just a large creature going through the pitch black forest at night, like maybe 15, 20 feet from you, you know, everything primal kicks in. And you're thinking, how can I make a spear? Um, <laughs> what can I do to defend myself against this moose? or elk, or whatever the hell it is. Uh, um, so yeah, it, you know, daytime great, nighttime not so wonderful. Well, I want to talk about your latest standalone novel. It's called yeah. The Chain, and uh, congratulations on the long list for the Theakston's Old Peculiar Crime Novel of the Year Award. Um, so this is a pretty nightmarish <laughs> premise, isn't it? Could you uh, tell us about the book for anyone who hasn't read it yet? Well, basically the idea is that um, I grew up in 1970s and 80s Belfast and um, the thing that plagued that era in the playgrounds was these chain letters that you would get and um, they would say things like make three copies of this letter and they were all like these voodoo hexes and symbols down the side and they said make three copies of this or, and send it on or um, your mum will die and so everybody did. And uh, it was really scary. And then they sort of, the chain letters sort of vanished. And then there was a little bit on the internet when that got developed in the 90s. And I thought to myself, well, that chain letter concept is really scary. Uh, I wonder if I can make a crime novel out of that idea. And I'd just been, I'd spent a long time in Mexico working on a, a different book. And in Mexico, they had this really bizarre um, exchange kidnapping idea whereby 
your kidnapping is sort of a business in, in, in parts of Mexico. And they had this thing where if you couldn't pay the ransom, say your grandmother was kidnapped, and um, if you couldn't pay the ransom, you could swap yourself out for your grandmother while other family members raised the money. So you would meet with the kidnappers, and they would go, here's your grandmother back, and we'll take you, and then you'd go off with the kidnappers. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, well, that's so weird. What if I could combine those two concepts, the idea of a chain letter and the uh, kidnapping thing, and then it all just clicked into place. So my story is um, this woman is driving to her oncologist appointment in Boston, and she gets this call from a frantic woman on the other end of the line, and she says, I've just kidnapped your daughter, Kylie, um, and the reason I've kidnapped her is because my son has also been kidnapped. And once I pay the ransom and kidnap someone else to keep the chain going, my son will be released. And the way you're going to get Kylie back is you have to pay the ransom and then kidnap someone else to take her place. And two or three days from now, you're going to be making this exact phone call that I'm making to you. And uh, Of course, Rachel doesn't believe it and is horrified. But then um, that's when our trouble just really begins. It's a really, really great read. I, I just was engrossed by it. Um, and it, it made me think, in fact, hearing you talk there as well, um, about the fact that you have spent so much time in different places, you know, where you grew up and living in New York and Australia and, and spending time in Mexico. Do you see the influences of those places and cultures come through in your books? I think so, yeah. I mean, I've, I just... When you live in a different landscape um, in particular, um, you know, the cultures are all strangely similar. I mean, every place has a coffee shop or a local pub that you can go to and, you know, you, you meet other writers and stuff like that. So that sort of stuff is very, very similar. Like Mexico City, you know, it's surprising. Um, I, I was down in a place called Coyacan, surprisingly similar to St. Kilda in Melbourne, which is... <laughs> Know, similar to Brooklyn, which is similar to Camden Town. You know, there's all these places and they have a lot of things which are, you know, the same. But then once you sort of get out of the city into the weirdness, um, that's when things can really get interesting. Like just about a mile, just about an hour north of Melbourne, um, I used to love to drive up here, is the landscape from Mad Max 1. Uh, yes. First Mad Max movie, which is this empty country Victoria with these big wide roads with trees in them uh, and kookaburras up in the trees. And then if you keep driving about another six hours north, you're in the landscape of Mad Max 2, um, <laughs> which is just this desert outback wilderness post-apocalyptic. It just looks post-apocalyptic because you'll see abandoned cars in the desert covered in rust and stuff like that. And, I, and, I, and that's sometimes really fun to do. And here I am today, I'm about two hours north of New York City, and I'm in, you know, fairly dense forest, just surrounded by trees and um, not another soul around. Uh, mm -hmm. So it's really interesting to be in the city and see, see the similarities, but also to get out into um, the surrounding areas and see how different things are. Now, before I talk about um, Harrogate and, and the rest of the authors on this fabulous long list, I just want to uh, bring up one point which I love about you, which you told me, and that is that if you're doing events like all authors do in, in front of people and, and 
you know, at literary festivals, yeah. it's all about reading from the books and everything. You, you won't read from the finished copy. Why is that? No, no, I'll never read from um, uh, a finished copy of the book from a hardback or, or, or the paperback. Um, because I'll, this has happened to me where I'll be reading a book and I'll find a sentence or a phrase or I'm just really not happy with it. And um, th- it'll be too long or I could have said it with more economy. Um, or it's just something that you find is ultimately pointless. You think, well, this paragraph does nothing. It doesn't establish atmosphere. It doesn't, you know, forward the story. It's not funny. It just doesn't do anything. You just go, why have I left this in the book? So I'll be in the middle of a reading and I'll just freeze dead and just be filled with horror and dread that I've put this stupid sentence in a book which has been printed and read by tens of thousands of people and I'll just be aghast and embarrassed. So I've, for the last four or five years now, I will only read from the galley um, because I'll fool myself into thinking, if I read something horrible in the text, which I frequently do, I'll think to myself, aha, uh, that's horrible, Um, but um, I recognize it to be horrible and there's a good chance, or at least a chance, that I've taken it out before the final version of the book. So I'm not standing up there on the stage filled with self-loathing. I guess I just think, okay, Adrian, you, you took it out before the final version of the book, or maybe an editor took it out, or something happened, so you can just move on and read <laughs> these people here. Um, I just love that. Yeah, so that's, that's my trick for getting through a reading without having a nervous breakdown or f- fleeing from the stage. <laughs> it's a good trick to have, I would say. Yeah. Um, and of course, you're, you're a voracious reader and of crime fiction, and this long list is full of fantastic books and authors that you no doubt know. Um, yeah. have, you, have you read some of the list? Are you, are you excited yeah. by some of those? Yeah, listen, um, I've read a lot of books. There's, uh, there's a lot of books by friends I've read on this list, and there's a lot of books that I read um, for review, and I can take you through some of them. Please I do. Read, a beer is a friend and I read his book smoke and ashes in galley. And I just thought that was fantastic. Jack Reacher. Like I read every one of those that come out that also <laughs> in galley, but it didn't need to, I would have bought it anyway. Um, I read that. I read the whisper man, um, Alex North's book. I thought that was fantastic. Mick Heron is also a friend. I always read his stuff when it comes out and Cleves guaranteed. I always read this book when it comes out. Now my sister, the serial killer, um, I hadn't read that book, but then I was at a conference in Norway with her, and she was so funny and smart. I thought, I've got to get this book. So I got it that night and read it in a night. And then the next day, I was able to tell her that I read it, and I loved her book. Um, so that that was just fantastic. Um, uh, Denise Mina, I always read her books. Jane Casey, I always read her books. Val, I read everything that Val does. And um, Jane Harper is another Aussie expat um, who, um, funnily enough, used to live um, behind me where I lived in Melbourne. And we didn't know each other, but her back garden abutted onto my back garden. <laughs> Um, and, and basically we lived in this little suburb called St. Kilda and we only knew that we knew each other when we turned up for a photo shoot. And I thought, wait, I recognize you. And she said, I recognize you. Um, so I love Jane's books and I reviewed some of her books for the paper. And then finally, um, Will Dean's Red Snow, 
Um, I love his books, although they're a little bit close to the bone because they're about people going to cabins in remote Swedish Swedish forests and bad things happening to them. And that's the, uh, the scenario I have right now. So yes, I've read a lot of the long list and um, thoroughly approve. Uh, I think you might, you might win the award for having read the most from the long list of all the other authors that no, have been long listed. Is there, does that come with a, a cash element? Probably not, but you, you can certainly take some pride. Okay, well, then I'll just take the pride aspect of it. <laughs> and you were shortlisted for, for this prize back in 2016. How did it feel to hear you'd been longlisted again for this award? Oh, it's very exciting. I mean, this is my, I think this is my fourth time on the long list, and I was shortlisted in 2016. So, but I've been to the Thixton every year, whether I was longlisted or shortlisted or not. Basically every year for the last eight or nine years. Um, so it's always good crack. It's always good to get there with your friends. Last year was particularly exciting because my really good mate, um, Steve Kavanaugh, won the big prize. And um, we, en we ended up um, having a few beers and um, trashing that hotel. Uh, <laughs> I think we were barred officially, but... If we get shortlisted, you have to have, invite us back. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was really good crack last year. It's always really good to see people from the, the, the community there. Now, did you know Stephen before you were a writer, just from, from Belfast? Yeah, or? I did. I had known Steve for about um, eight or nine years maybe 10 years um i'd known him f as a lawyer before he became a writer and then he started writing short stories and stuff like that and and then and I'd, i me and Stu neville had done this collection called belfast noir and uh, we were looking for new voices to put in the collection and so steve submitted a, his i think it was his very first short story and we loved it and um and then we stuck him right in the in the book so then we got to meet him uh, around the publication of Belfast Noir. So uh, yeah, it's a fairly tight-knit community, the Belfast and Irish community. Everybody kind of knows everybody else. Um, but yeah, it's um, real. I, mean, I didn't realize how much I'd missed the extents until this year when I didn't get to go um, because it's just something you assume you'll do every year and you meet with your friends, you have a few beers. And now that it's not happening, it just suddenly seems... What am I going to do in July? You know, it just, it, it just is, it's, I'm really going to appreciate it more next year. That's for sure. Oh, and that's what, that's what most of the authors have been saying. That's what I'm saying. We're going to have to make up for it, Adrian. Yeah. Next year, we're going to have to do the, do a sort of double. Yeah. Well, I'm totally going to appreciate it more because, um, just, uh, you, you take, you, you, it's the Joni Mitchell song, you know, you take it for granted. And uh, and then when it's gone, you go, oh my god, that was so brilliant! And you know, I'm not going to see my mates this year, and I probably won't because um, they cancelled Belfast Noir. They've cancelled um, Thigston's being cancelled. I think all the ones for September. So I probably won't see everybody this year. I probably won't see them until um, maybe this time next year if if Bristol's on again. Absolutely. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a strange time. It is. It really is. But we should 
celebrate the the positives and one of those is this fantastic long list and prize um and before i let you go adrian could i just ask what does the thieks and old peculiar crime novel of the year award mean to you well, I think it's just fantastic that there is this single award for, I don't necessarily think it is the best novel of the year. I think it's really hard when you've got all these different genres fighting against each other, but it's definitely recognition and for a novel which has really tried to do something new, which has raised the bar. Um, and I, th I really think that's important to have that um, every year. And the long list itself and the short list itself is a really good thing to have because it focuses people's attention that British and Irish crime writing is so crazy diverse and interesting. I mean, you've got books this year taking place, just the ones I've read in Lagos, in Australia, in Massachusetts, in Sweden, you know, it's just, just this really diverse exciting happening genre now I, I i don't want to look badly at the past but when you think of the 1970s and high moribund british crime fiction really was back then it was looked down upon as uh, you know as as something you know that it's not quite um, what nice people would read and but and and on a par with i don't know trashy um, novels and stuff like that but you can't say that anymore crime fiction is so diverse and literary and interesting um that it, it i think thixton has done a really good job of making it a genre that 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 can't be ignored or if you ignore it uh, because you don't read crime fiction well then mate it's your loss <laughs> that's a very good way to end i think um we've been talking about the chain uh, which is adrian's latest book it's published by orion it's out now and if you haven't read it why not treat yourself to it by buying it from wh smith uh, and remember that you get to vote for the shortlist so if you want to see adrian on that list head over to harrogatethekstoncrimeaward.com and you can place your vote there it's been lovely talking to you and we'll let you get back to your scary woods now Yes, um, I will. I'll go and um, get the shotgun out of the basement. <laughs> Thanks for talking to us. Thanks a lot, mate. Talk to you again. Cheers, mate.